Hi there, I'm B, and welcome to the BoomerCast, the podcast where I discuss nostalgic topics, cover episodes of cartoons I grew up with, and put it against what I grew up with as a kid. Arthur Reed is an anthropomorphic aardvark kid whose adventures and experiences are written by author Mark Brown. In the 1990s, nearly 20 years after Mark Brown wrote the first book called Arthur's Nose, a television series came out on PBS. If I remember correctly, I was in elementary school around the same time, maybe even in the third grade actually, when Arthur showed up on PBS. Until he eventually got a cable with a larger roster of channels to choose from, PBS was one of the few television channels I had for entertainment. PBS had about half of the day, or at least a good portion of the weekdays, devoted to young children's enrichment and entertainment with shows like Lamb Chop, Reading Rainbow, Barney, Thomas and Friends, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and Sesame Street to name a few. But they also had some content which may have piqued the interest of older kids, such as Wishbone, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, Zoom, and of course, Arthur. Arthur was possibly my first slice of life show that, that tailored to kids my age. Arthur had relatable stories that played out the morals pretty organically instead of breaking the fourth wall and holding hands with the audience like the younger kids shows tended to do. Arthur showed what happens, or what could happen, if you were the mean kid. What happens if you aren't honest with your parents? And it dispersed fears, such as the idea that going to the dentist means they only pull teeth out, which wasn't the case, all the time. And sometimes it helped broaden the perspective of individuals. I also read some of the books growing up as well. Arthur's likeness was in our public library for a time, with the likes of Clifford the Big Red Dog, and I believe some Disney characters. I also remember seeing the Arthur books at the yearly book fair, in my elementary school libraries, and on the list for Accelerated Readers Program. And I have to say, I am a little biased about specific seasons of the show. I want to be able to review the characters and episodes in this mega-series and give my take on what I grew up with, how the show has changed my nitpicks and praises with the episodes. For the record, this is not an open letter to Mark Brown or the studio that produces and broadcasts the shows. I can't advise them with opinions that I have that can make the show better because it's their show, and I'll respect what they do until I can no longer rewatch the show. Which is to say, it'll be a long time before that happens. Because I can research older episodes, up to about season 5, and then it starts to become hard to rewatch. That doesn't mean I won't do it, because I think it'll be fun, and I am looking forward to reading your opinions on the show and experiences compared to what Arthur Reed went through. Now, with the general idea of how I came upon the little aardvark, aardvark boy out of the way, I want to add something else about Mark Brown. Mark Brown has spanned the Arthur series, mainly the books, but also, to an extent, the television series, over a few decades. To put this in perspective, the first book in the series, Arthur's Nose, will be 50 years old in 2026, and I hope that Mark Brown can live to celebrate that tremendous milestone. I might be sugarcoating this, but things were vastly different growing up in the late 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s. It's even different for kids in 2010s and even the present day. And communities are often diff different depending on people and location anyways. 
which is why I want to open up with the conversation with this channel to see what different people grew up with. Arthur Reed and his peers, which I'll call the Lakewood Kids, live in Elwood City. The city fluctuates in size when the plot calls for it. But for the most part, the audience is centered on a pretty busy part of the city. It isn't exactly downtown, and the socioeconomic landmarks are that the only rich kid lives on a pretty big plot of land. She doesn't even live in a cul-de-sac or a gated community with other rich people in their extra extravagant homes. The Lakewood kids live in families pretty well off, with two families in particular that are either renting an apartment or living in a condominium complex. Most of these sites, relevant to the plots, are within walking distance for the characters. This makes sense because the main cast is elementary school-aged. The school that the Lakewood kids go to is called Lakewood Elementary School, hence their nickname. And from what I can tell, it looks like what I would call a main ele elementary school, because the audience sees second and fourth grade students, or second through fourth grade students. But I can only guess that they're either first or even fifth grade students, but the focus is on Arthur and his class for the most part. A mild nitpick on the school setting, I always got the impression that the elementary school had a smaller population to work with, and it makes it easier for writers to focus on a smaller core of individuals. It's also potentially the longer standing peer group, and it typically sticks to each other through middle school and high school, regardless of whether or not they are all friends. The few exceptions are when families have to move out of the school zone or out of town altogether, whether it's out of state or province or country. Now, I went to two elementary schools growing up. The first was Cloverdale, and it taught students from kindergarten to second grade. The second school, which I spent third through fifth grade, was called Southside. I was uh, partially a loner during that time and didn't make friends until I was in middle school. There were memorable kids that essentially went to the same middle school and the same high school. Some of them were older, and some of them were younger. Many of them were from different classes, but relatively in the same grade. Basically, this still doesn't eliminate the potential to see more of the population, and I'll definitely explain it more when I cover As Told by Ginger. Also, I noticed that many of the kids, not including the main cast, have a pretty good setup when it comes to school transportation. Most of the kids walk or take their bikes, and the rest just get rides from their parents. As someone who took the bus or walked because my family didn't exactly have the means to get everyone to school and work with only one vehicle, I find it odd that I see the only reason the Lakewood students used the bus was for field trips. The library is another place that the Lakewood kids go to, and it's fairly close to the school. And for a decent portion of the early seasons, the library was... it got some airtime to passively encourage viewers into reading and going to the library. I'm also guessing that this is their only resource for literature, aside from their comic book shop. Growing up, it was part of the layout of a school to have its own library. Granted, the libraries didn't have an expansive inventory as the public one, but the school library was still a good resource to get kids into reading, checking out books, and it was a last resort for research when kids didn't have the means to get to the public library. Although, to be fair, where I was growing up, there was a better place to get books that was a lot closer. It was basically a book consignment shop called the Red House Bookstore, and it was, well, pretty honest. Their name is to the owner. Well, it's pretty honest with their name, because the owner bought the house, painted it red, and gutted it to fit shelves everywhere. 
You could trade books in for credit or get more books, and the prices were pretty good at the time. Again, I mostly walked with my sisters and eventually alone to places where my parents couldn't drop me off at the library or school. We even walked back to the schools after hours to play on the playgrounds. And at that time, the streetlights were placed far enough away from the open playground, and we could watch the stars at night. It was pretty simple entertainment, but in hindsight, it was an awesome retreat. The Lakewood kids, at least for their outings, had parks as well. One park where they played sports at, and the other had their treehouse. Elwood City, at least in the beginning of the series, has a small town charm to it. Everyone may or may not be in everyone else's business. On the contrary, sometimes the adults are pretty oblivious to their neighbors at times. But there's a small comfort that at least someone would have another's back when times are tough. Granted, there are probably so many places that I have missed in the list, but I'll mention them when they come up in episode reviews. One example is the car shop owned by the rich girl's father, and I figure I discuss that when I review his character. Another that comes to mind is the grocery store, which has their passive-aggressive PA system that's pretty funny. Thank you for listening. If you're interested, feel free to follow me on Twitter at clickboomer, that's C-L-I-C-K-B-0-0-N-E-R. Feel free to leave a review or a like. Stay safe and stay cool.